I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Becky and Phil. Uh, I'm sure that you will as well afterwards, but really appreciate, uh, really a privilege, isn't it, to hear uh, that kind of openness, honesty, and uh, just a reminder of what a good God we have. And I just want to share a couple of verses really from Psalm 36. Uh, it's probably not a, a super familiar psalm, but it's a good one, as they all are. But Psalm 36 is a, is a, a psalm that I've really enjoyed recently, and it, it begins kind of talking about uh, some of the bad stuff, some of the wickedness and some of the evil that's in the world, the first four verses, and won't get into those, but I, I love the way it transitions from the, the bad that there is and the threat of that, like how do you live in a world where there's you know, so much against you and, and so much that's wrong and so much that's broken? And then three times, David, who wrote this psalm, so this is 3,000 years ago, 1,000 years before Jesus, three times in this psalm, he talks about the steadfast love of God. Like that's his anchor point. And so it's fascinating as you kind of uh, swim through the first four verses, getting thoroughly depressed by all the evil being described, you then get to verse five, and uh, he kind of launches into a set of truths. Uh, I just think in terms of what we've heard from uh, Phil and from Becky, the reality of who God is, is the turning point. Discovering who he is and that he loves and that he loves me changes everything. And so in verses 5 and 6, uh, David kind of launches into this set of truths about God. And the, the kind of anchor one, the first one, he says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. That's quite a big measure. Like, uh, how, how big is it, like his love? It, it's to the heavens. <laughs> if, if, if there's a scale, that's as far as it can possibly go. I mean, it's, it's vast. There is so much steadfast love in God, way more than we can ever generate anything opposite, right? And so his steadfast love extends to the heavens, but that's not enough. He also says, your faithfulness, which is kind of reaffirming the same concept, your faithfulness to the clouds. So it's like up and up, right? To the heavens, to the clouds, further than you can see, further than you can reach. That's the steadfast love and that's the faithfulness of God. And that's at the heart of who he is. That's why he is different than the God of any other religion. Because this God is profoundly, uh, extensively loving beyond anything that we can even begin to grasp. His steadfast love reaches to the heavens. And then after going up, up in verse 5, in verse 6, he kind of goes up, down, but the down's good too. So verse 6, he says, your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Like God's goodness, God's righteousness, is he kind of nice and loving to then trick us? Not at all. He's absolutely trustworthy. He's absolutely solid. He's not moving. He's not fickle. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to suddenly go, ha-ha, tricked you. He, his righteousness, his character is as solid as the mountains that God has made. They don't move. Right? They're just there. They're permanent. They just the biggest, strongest thing that David can think of. And he's saying, yeah, Lord, your love, your faithfulness, your righteousness. And then fourthly, he says, your judgments, the decisions you make are like the great deep. So the, the incredible depth, when you're on a, a, a ship at sea, it's mind-blowing to hear how deep the ocean is beneath you. 
it's like, whoa, that's really humbling. It's just, you know, hundreds and thousands of meters down sometimes, and it can be an incredibly overwhelming thought to realize this incredible depth of water is, is there, and I'm stood on this creaking bit of metal on top of the thing. You know, the, the ocean is terrifying and humbling, but it's profound, and that's the point he's making. The way you think, Lord, the way you plot things, the way you put people in Australia, the things you do are profound. Like I can't wrap my mind around it. I just got to trust you. And I trust you because of your love and your faithfulness and your righteousness and your judgments. And there's this whole set of truths. And, and for David, once he establishes those truths, I love the next little bit. I'll just do this really quickly. Verses seven, eight, nine. Again, he goes back to the steadfast love. He says, how precious is your steadfast love, O God. And then he starts describing the blessings. Not temporary blessings, not what this world offers us kind of blessings, but the kind of blessings that people who really encounter God, really discover his love, really find out what it is to be loved and cared for by him, the kind of blessings they enjoy. And I just love some of the the words here. He says, the children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. That's real safety, real security. That's proper refuge in the shadow of God's wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. It's like he can't stop. You know, once he gets back to the truth of God's love and God's faithfulness and God's righteousness and his perfect judgments, then he's able to say, you know what? Being yours is awesome. Being yours is abundant and rich and and refreshing and the blessing of it, the fountain of life. Just think about fountains. You know, not too much, but just a little bit. Fountains just keep on pouring. You know, if you ever, until you realize there's a kind of a motor that's the same water, it feels like that's infinite water, that fountain, you know? It, It just keeps on coming and that's the image here is that the fountain of life, satisfaction, joy, that's what God is. And he just keeps on going and he never runs dry and he never goes, well, that's all I've got. Good night. You know, he keeps on giving. He is so, so overflowing and overwhelming with love and life and light and goodness and the the abundance of it. And then there's another bit that I'm not going to look at because of time, but I just love the progression of that. Trouble, In a troubled world, lots of evil, bad stuff. Hang on, what's the truth about God? That's the issue. What is God like? What's true of him? What is his character? Is he what the Bible claims to be? Because if he is, then the blessings that come from that are absolutely overwhelming. What's the reality of who he is? And then, in light of that, revel in it. I think that's what Psalm 36 is saying to us. And I think it's a great way to kind of pull together all that we've heard from Phil and from Becky and just thinking about the realities of life. We're going to face some of that tough stuff, all of us. But the truth is true for all of us. God is good and his steadfast love changes everything. And so my encouragement to you, if you're sat here today going, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm unconvinced. That's that's cool. We're glad you're here. Explore it. Probe it. Ask questions. Talk to Becky. Talk to Phil. Talk to me. Talk to Dave. Talk to anyone you want here. But explore and find out more. 
Is God's steadfast love that good? Because if it is, maybe that's where I can find real life. Because I've not found it anywhere else. I'm going to hand back to Dave for one last song, just as we finish. And then please don't rush away at the end. Please do uh, talk to Phil, talk to Becky, talk to anyone. Let's chat, interact. If you want to you know, look at Psalm 36 again later and just ponder it, pray about it. You know what? God is cool. Even if you don't believe in him, he is fine with you talking to him. And so feel free to say, Lord, I don't know if you're there. God, I don't know if you're real. But is this true? Because if it is, I want to know you. That's the, that's the encouragement that I would give you today. Pursue the truth about God because that is the most important thing that there is.